Well, this is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. Uh, we like challenges around here, and um, we're this is definitely a challenge, but I just want to share a couple things with you today. Uh, first off, uh, we are looking at ways to have church. Uh, we discussed this last week about doing maybe a drive-in church where everybody could just pull up in the parking lot, roll their windows down a little bit, and we could have service out there, preach from the rooftop um, up on the kids' church room. That'd be a lot of fun. And also for your kids, I know that they're going to be home, uh, maybe a little bit bored, and so we're looking at doing some things for the kids' ministries, uh, creating their own YouTube channel uh, so that we can post, you know, Mr. Monkey challenges you for different things. So it's, it's exciting times. Uh, we're not discouraged. Um, I'm actually kind of encouraged and energized by the challenge of what it is to have church uh, virtually like this. And so thankful for our staff and, and the guys and ladies that put this all together. So, uh, all right, well, let's talk about this. We're going to get into First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, verse 11. And, and the, the title of the message is, is the coming of the Lord is this it? And I don't have the answer for you because uh, we don't know if this is it or not. But what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is look at, at the signs of the times. And I figured, you know, whether or not the rapture is coming next week or next month, uh, we need to know this stuff anyway. We need to be ready for it. And there's one thing that, that fear will do is it will make you think. Um, you know, I've done a lot of funerals in ministry. And a funeral is always the time when people are really thinking about the end times. Because there's one thing that is certain in life, and that is death. Uh, death, again, we'll find out a little later that it, death is really just a doorway. So uh, let's pray and we'll, we'll ask God to bless this time. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for everybody that's tuned in online. And I just ask again for your anointing. Uh, Father, that it would go out through the world, that your message we would proclaim with the churches all around um, our nation and our world that are, that are preaching the gospel today with a listening audience. And we just, again, thank you for your blessings um, on everything that we do today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is this it? The coming of the Lord is this it? My grandpa, my grandpa Jack had an airplane and uh, he was uh, obviously a pilot. And my Grandpa also had a dog. Um, his name was Buck. And Buck would know when my grandpa was flying home uh, before anybody else. Yeah, there was a, a sense that he had, or he could hear it, the plane. And, uh, and I, I think that's kind of what we're experiencing today in this world. Uh, we're definitely living in interesting times. Uh, the coronavirus is overshadowing everything else. Uh, there's been some earthquakes uh, in Utah and California, and they get overshadowed. There's like this big old locust thing going on in Africa. Uh, but the coronavirus is so front and center that we're missing a lot of things that are going on in the world. Um, next week, we're going to actually talk a little bit more about that, about what are really the signs of the times. Uh, so could this be it? Well, I wrote here, it could be. Either way, you will stand before God and give an account of your life. And honestly, guys, we should be living as if he is coming every day. Uh, here's what I know is that we're comfortable with comfort. And in America, we have been comfortable for a long time. And, and I pray for a great awakening and a great revival. And maybe this will... Uh, I don't know, to scare people into it. Uh, some might say today's message um, is a scare tactic. Well, if you're not right with Jesus, yes, it is. Scare tactics are not wrong. I have one right here uh, that my parents had as a kid. Uh, this was a scare tactic. If you disobey me, you will get spanked. Okay, that was a scare tactic. Did it work? Um, not always, but sometimes. And there's times that fear really, we need to have fear. We need to have fear because fear can be a scare tactic. Um, heaven and hell are weird places, okay? Warning labels. What is it? It's a scare tactic. If you do this, this is what could happen. Um, and as a kid, we had a phone call one time. I grew up again in the, in the country. And our neighbor called and said that they had just seen a fox um, in our little neighborhood with rabies. And so my mom comes out and she gets us and we go inside the house. Why is that? We stayed inside because of the threat. 
and that's what this coronavirus has kind of done. It's created um, a threat, and so that's why we're going to honor our president, and we're going to stay away from people as best we can. Uh, but what I don't, don't want to really talk to you today is about a hope tactic. That's what today's message is designed for. Um, and so our goal is to talk about the signs of the end times. Again, a little more on that next week. And what I do want to do is I want to go slow and methodical through this study. Um, we will be having Wednesday night online service like normal. Obviously, people aren't going to be here, uh, but we will be doing it at 7.05. We'll go, we'll go live and do a Bible study. Um, it's going to be shorter than normal. Pause for an amen, because I just heard a bunch of amens. Uh, and I, again, I still know you. You're not here, but I know you. And so let's get into this. Uh, Paul's talking to the Thessalonians in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And let's read this together. And it's chapter 4, verse 11. I added a, a little verse to this. It says this. He says, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. And I love that, that the phrase there, that you will win the respect of outsiders. And as a Christian today, in today's world, what's going on, uh, guys, it's really not that bad. We have electricity, we have hot water, we have food. Uh, most of you have too much toilet paper, some of you don't have any because of those who, who did hoard. Uh, and my suggestion is if you find out that somebody doesn't have any, loan them some. Actually, don't loan them. That'd be a bad idea. Just give it to them because loaning means you want it back. You don't want that back. And, uh, and, and let your life win the respect of outsiders. So in a time of uncertainty, as a Christian, we need to be confident. We need to be certain that our God is bigger than a virus, that our God is bigger than what's going on in this world. Because as a Christian, if you're freaking out like a non-Christian, all right, it, it shows a level of lack of faith in your life. And I'm not saying that you don't have to have you know, in no fear because you should have a little bit of fear of getting it. So you're careful, but not so much that you just stay inside your house in the closet and, and wait for months to go by. Uh, we still need to live our life. We still need to offer hope to other people. So he says this, all right, uh, brothers, okay, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope, okay, who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring Jesus to those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage, okay, emphasis on encourage each other with these words. Uh, so don't be ignorant, okay? Let's talk about this kind of a verse by verse thing. Don't be ignorant. Ignorance is, is combated by information, okay? And let me tell you something about safety. Safety is almost always inconvenient to a point. And so again, we're gonna honor our government, we're gonna honor our president uh, as, as our leader, because the Bible says to do that, and we're gonna do what, what our government is asking us to do as far as being safe, um, but it's usually inconvenient, okay? Seat belts typically are inconvenient, helmets are typically inconvenient, uh, car seats are inconvenient, okay? But just because it's inconvenient doesn't mean we need to not do it, okay? Safety can be inconvenient. If you're like me, you grew up in cars that really didn't have seat belts or you never hardly wore them. Uh, we had a metal dash uh, to, to protect us when we hit our brakes really hard. 
But a non-Christian has no hope for the future. They have no hope because they don't see where, where life is going. Uh, if they don't know God, they have no hope. And as a Christian, you need to think about the hope that we have that it only gets better. I want you to imagine something. Imagine that if you could accompany a loved one who dies and accompany them to heaven just for a few minutes, would you be sorrowful? So you have somebody that passes away. You're able to go with them for a couple minutes and see what God has prepared for them. Okay, your view would be completely different um, on this earth because you would have a hope for heaven. And see, too many Christians live like this world is it. But we're just passing through. We need to remember that. In verse 14, he points out something important. He says, first things first. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. The symbolism of what will happen to us. And, and death really is just a doorway. Death is just a doorway into a better place if you're right with Jesus. If you're not right with Jesus, the Bible says that hell is your eternal destiny. And so today my challenge is, is if you're not right with God, to get right with God. To ask, ask Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, to repent of your sins and get right with the Lord. Here's, I want to tell you a little story. When we were going to Hawaii this uh, couple months ago, I have no fear of death necessarily. Maybe how death is gonna come, but I have no fear of dying. And so as we're on the airplane, um, I have no fear of flights because my dad was a pilot. I grew up flying. And I was sitting next to a guy who I didn't know yet. And I was talking about um, just safety and airlines. And I, and I mentioned, well, if we go down, everything's fine. I said, but we're not gonna die. I'm a pastor. I still have work to do in my hometown. And, and he was a little bit squirmish and his wife was sitting across the aisle. And so I was just going on. And if you know me, you know my, my level of sarcasm and how I joke about things. Uh, but I was talking about, well, if the plane goes down, I'm fine. And, and he said, well, not everybody has your view. And what I discovered was, is he was deathly afraid of flying. And so his wife was kind of chuckling, but he wasn't. He didn't think it was very funny. Uh, we did find out he was a Christian. Um, so I was joking about something that I was super comfortable with. Like if it goes down, it goes down. I'm, we're better off. Um, but I made him very uncomfortable. Um, and again, finding out he was a Christian was a good thing. But I, did, I give him confidence that we are going to make it. God's not done with me yet. And I try to give him a little bit of encouragement. But death, again, is just a doorway to heaven if you're a Christian. All right, verse 15 through 17, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the second coming of Christ and the rapture. All right, he says this. According to the Lord's own word, okay, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel, which is Michael, and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we know this in, our, in the Christianity church as, as a rapture. Um, the Greek word there is harpazo and the Latin is raptus. The word rapture itself is actually not found in the Bible, uh, but the Greek form and the Latin form are and it means to be caught up, uh, to meet him in the clouds. Now, this is not the second coming. Again, we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. Uh, this is not the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ uh, happens in Revelation when he comes down to earth with the armies of heaven behind him. In this particular case, the rapture is when we actually meet him in the clouds. Okay, And so, so it's two different events that take place. Um, when he comes down the second time, 
uh, it's dated seven years after the Antichrist takes power and signs a peace treaty with Israel. Um, The world gets so crazy, and why does the Antichrist so successful, is the world gets so crazy that you have one man who will bring peace to everybody. And some people have asked me, you know, do you think, you know, President Obama, was he the Antichrist? No, because most everybody has to like the guy. And our world now, there's not one leader that all the world likes. Well, the world gets crazy enough that one man will come and, and everybody basically will agree with him and he will be the Antichrist. That's how a Christian, if we're still here, will recognize him as he will be able to bring peace where there hasn't been peace before. And there's specific dates that once the Antichrist comes into power, 1,260 days later, uh, some certain things happen. So in the, in the second coming of Christ, there's, it's, it's a seven-year period. Uh, very dated times and dates are known. All right, verse 18, he says, because this is going to happen, because things are going on in this world, therefore, he says, encourage each other with those words. And that's one thing that I want to challenge you to do uh, with what's going on today is to be a source of encouragement to other people that are scared. Um, as a Christian, be an encourager. Offer hope in a world that's scared. Scared of something that is inevitable. And what is that? It's death. I brought with me a stopwatch today. Most of you have them on your phones, uh, but I have an old school stopwatch. And a stopwatch, the moment you were conceived, the stopwatch of your life began. What is it the stopwatch or the, stop, the stopwatch is, is the second of your death. Okay, our life is like a stopwatch. There's a beginning and there's an ending. So we know what the beginning is, but the ending is what we don't know. And that's what people can be so scared about. But I want to tell you that... The, the moment you were conceived, the clock of death started. I'm not being morbid here, I'm just being real, but death is not the end. Death is simply a doorway to eternity. Are you ready is the question. Be right with Jesus because there's only two choices. There's heaven and there's hell. And right now, you have a reservation somewhere. Right now, today, right at this moment, you have a reservation. And the reservation is either in heaven or is in hell. There is no in-between. I don't know about you, but when we go travel, okay, we make reservations to a hotel. Uh, We don't want to just show up because when you just show up, you may not have a reservation there. And you have a reservation somewhere. There's five things this passage tells us. Number one, Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Number two, Jesus is coming for his church. Number three, the dead will not miss this. Number four, his coming will produce a glorious reunion. Okay, if you're a Christian and and the Christians have gone before you, you will see them once again. And number five, this expectation should encourage us. Okay, because we know he is coming back, this is not a time for us to live in fear. It's time for us to live in, in excitement, of anticipation of what is happening. Verse 18, basically it says, we win. Okay, encourage each other with these words. Why? Because we win. And sometimes we need a reminder that this world is only temporary. And I'm gonna tell you today, there's only, there's one thing that this this virus cannot take from you, and that is your faith in Jesus Christ. It can't take that. It can take a lot of other things, okay, but the the faith right now is the most valuable thing that you can have, the most valuable thing. All right, let's switch gears here. Verse five, this is what a lot of people are tuned in for. It says, now brothers, about the times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, Destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now, I want to point out here that it says about the times and dates, we do not need to know. We do not know the time when we don't know the date, but what the Bible is going to show us is that we will know uh, an idea of when it's going to happen as far as looking at things going on in the world. So we don't know the time, we don't know the date, um, and anybody tells you that they do, they're lying. 
Don't listen to anybody who says they know the time and the date. There was a book written, I believe back in 1988, and it was 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. Well, that didn't happen, so he wrote another book called 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1989. Uh, And the guy made a lot of money off it. Obviously, Jesus did not come back then. So don't let anybody tell you that they know exactly what time and what date. But the Bible does say that, that when we see events start happening, we know that the time is near. Okay, so he says that. All right, peace and safety, destruction will come upon them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you brothers, okay, here's my point are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. But you brothers are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not, okay, emphasize on not, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. Those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. If anything we need these days is hope. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you were doing. Again, there's that word again, that our job is to be a source of encouragement to other people. So as a Christian, in verses four through six, we won't be surprised at this event if we simply know the word of God and pay attention to the sign. I wanna tell you this, it's all on schedule. There's nothing going on in this world that surprises God. There's nothing going on in this world right now that God didn't see coming. Everything is on his time schedule. He has his stopwatch. He knows what's happening. He knows what events uh, need to take place before his return. It's all on schedule. So let's recap a little bit of what we learned today. Number one, live like he's coming back. Okay, live every day like he's coming back. Number two, the rapture will happen unexpectedly, but we should not be surprised when it happens because of the warning signs that the Bible gives us. So live life with the end in mind. Third thing is as a Christian, you are not in darkness because Jesus is the light of the world. Because of this, we have an awareness of what is happening in the world. Non-Christians have a completely different view than us. They see the world falling apart without hope. Uh, We see it as Bible prophecy coming to pass. They look at it with fear. We look at it with hope and anticipation and with faith. There's two types of people and there's two destinies. There's saved and there's unsaved. There's heaven and there's hell. The question for me from you or from me to you today is, is where is your reservation? Have you made it? See, if you have not made a reservation in heaven, the default reservation is hell. So today is the day to get right with the Lord. The world is set on a timer and it will hit zero. We just don't know when. And the next week, we're gonna be talking about wars, earthquakes, famines, diseases, tsunamis, natural disasters. Uh, the Bible says will increase as the clock winds down. And we're gonna have some statistics, some facts of the things that have been happening um, in our world in the last 100 years that have increased, okay? Second Thessalonians 2, five through seven says, currently the Holy Spirit is actually restraining things from going south fast. And as I read this, once the rapture happens, the Holy Spirit goes with us, uh, then things get really bad. And the warning here and the encouragement at the same time is to be alert and self-controlled. Alert doesn't mean to bury your face. 
Alert means to pay attention, okay? We are the light and we are to live the light of the world. So I hope that encourages you today. Um, again, I didn't want to speak a long time on a Sunday morning because I know looking online, um, attention span is a little less. Uh, but again, Wednesday night, 7.05, we'll be having um, our, our normal Bible study. And then next Sunday, we'll talk about the signs of the times, the things that are going on in this world. Um, that's if we're here. The rapture could happen this week. I want you to live as if it is. I'm not telling you it's going to because I'm not a prophet, but I am going to tell you that you need to be ready uh, when, when Jesus comes back. Have your heart right. How do you do that? Well, it's really simple. Okay? Most of us know John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And the word believe there isn't just believe in your mind because the devil believes in Jesus. But to believe means to put your faith in, to put your trust in. So if you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins, if you've never repented, you've never said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, I wanna lead you in a prayer that, that would help you do that. So just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, uh, if you would, just let us know. Let us know. We would love to, if you need a Bible or anything, we'd love to mail that to you if that's what you need us to do. But we just want to know that, that you are right with God today, that you don't have to live in fear, that you can live in faith. It was said, live smart, wash your hands, okay? Don't be crazy, but understand that, that God has it all in control. Amen. Hope that you enjoyed today. Thank you again for tuning in. Uh, we did again ask that you'd share this with people so that the message can get out. And uh, have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon.